Engineers and welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are rising from the recession. And our guest this week is the Hina who is compounding the pharmacy. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visioneers, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. And our guest this week is Sanjay Patel, the co-owner of Hina's Home Care Pharmacy. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you. For Visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? I'm a pharmacist uh, by trade and uh, I co-founded a pharmacy called Hina's Home Care Pharmacy about 25 years ago with my wife. And we now have three locations to serve in Bakersfield at the Mercy Southwest Hospital, at Stockdale Highway, and at Whiteland and Ash. You've been in business now for 25 years. It seems like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and you started this business with your wife, yes. and uh, actually she was the one that started this business to begin with. But the, the key that, the thing that's so interesting is that as you mentioned, you have three locations with 22 employees, and yet each location is different. You could have very easily made a cookie cutter version of all three businesses, but you chose to do three very different things. The one location we're in right now, you do compounding. And for those of us that know, think of compounding as something that happens with interest at banks, <laughs> what what is uh, compounding in the pharmaceutical world? The compounding in the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical world is basically customizing medication to the need of individual patients. Ah. In, in a traditional sense, the major manufacturers will only make certain medication in certain strength or certain dosage form. Mm -hmm. But that fits uh, maybe 95% of the population. Right. But 5% uh, of the population requires a customized medication. Mm. For example, if you have a, a child preemie, mm -hmm. that child will need a very, very minute dose of the medication. Mm -hmm. And we will be able to customize that specific dosage for a specific child. Mm -hmm. And that's where the compounding comes in the picture. A lot of times there are products are become unavailable in the marketplace. Mm and people's life depend on these products. Sure. So we're able to uh, obtain a USB grade raw material mm -hmm. and compound it specifically for them. There are a lot of products are, are combined into multiple different ingredients. Uh, if somebody has a major injury or uh, chronic pain, mm -hmm. so we would compound three, four different uh, pain medication who works from a different angle mm -hmm. and apply it topically so these patients uh, don't have any GI side effects from it. Mm -hmm. And this is all something that sets you apart because this is not something that can be done at the big box pharmacies. Yes, the big box pharmacies are, they're cookie cutter operations. They have right. thousands of stores and they 
do the same thing over and over again. Right. And you're able to go through and tailor the medication for the specific patient, something they can't do. Yes. And as far as your other locations go, you have altered or gone in a different direction with each of your other two locations to suit the needs of the facility by which they're near. Why did you do that? In a way, it also grew organically. Mm -hmm. So it was not a major planning, but it happened to work out that way. But we always consider ourselves a complete pharmacy, one-stop shop for every need of the patient. Mm -hmm. And uh, each uh, specific uh, category requires a specific uh, skill set. Mm. And it would be difficult to duplicate uh, those skill sets in every location. Ah. And there's different regulation for different type of uh, operation. Okay. So our Mercy Southwest location is a long-term care pharmacy, mm -hmm. and our, which primarily serves the people who are in uh, assisted care facilities or on a skilled nursing facility, okay. independent living, elderly, who are not able to uh, take on multiple medications and they're not able to remember. So if you're a child uh, or your parents uh, are elderly and they have 10 medications, they will forget to take which one. So we customize uh, packaging where we put all the morning doses into one pack. So you are rest assured that your father or mother is getting the right medication they need to get. Perfect. And our White Lane location, we are doing uh, hospice care because mm -hmm. uh, everyone needs a end of care uh, treatment and right. uh, with dignity. Mm -hmm. So our whole focus there is a hospice care mm -hmm. and we make uh, specialized uh, products. We do, we're open 24-7, we're on call, and we deliver medication seven days a week at that location. Okay. And to make uh, someone's last few moments on earth as, uh, as pleasant as possible. This is not the first recession you've been through. Correct. What did Hina's home care pharmacy look like prior? COVID? Well, prior to COVID, uh, I remember very distinctly March 17, <laughs> 2020. You've got a specific date <laughs> on this. <laughs> and uh, Governor Newsom announced a complete uh, lockdown. Right. And uh, we, our business was booming mm -hmm. and we were breaking all kinds of records. Uh, mm -hmm. And that lockdown hit and that month of uh, March and the following month, April, our volume dropped uh, significantly, right? But we are essential uh, provider, mm -hmm. so people still need the medication, coronavirus or not. Right. So we were hurting, but then th there was a pent up demand. So as things started opening up, uh, our volume started going back to uh, normal slowly, slowly. So by uh, October, November, we are almost almost even as our prior to going into COVID. That first month or month and a half must have been a real shock to you. You know, we, we were scared, 
not physically for the business itself, mm. but also the health and well-being of our employee. Sure. And we had no idea what to expect. Uh, every time you turn on the news channels, uh, it seemed like a doom and gloom and the world was going to end. So whatever limited knowledge we could acquire, we installed uh, proper uh, PPE procedures and uh, uh, protocols to separations and social distancing. All that was a foreign concept right. on March of uh, 2020. <laughs> now it has become part of our normal daily living. Everybody knows to get in line outside, stay six feet apart. You can only have three or four people in the lobby at a time. Yes. All those protocols that, that you have going on. But the economy is starting to recover. Like you had mentioned, you know, sales volumes are starting to get back up to pre-COVID levels. But the recovery has not been even through all sectors of the economy. And yet at the same time, for the businesses where the economy is recovering for them, there is a, there is a great challenge of, as we say, sinking the ship in, in this recovery. What are you doing with your businesses to help make sure you don't sink the ship and that you go through and your businesses ride out this recession, ride up the recovery into the, the coming years? For us, um, the recession or the COVID has affected, but our biggest challenge is keeping our workforce healthy. Mm. When, when someone comes with a cough, cold, uh, getting them properly uh, tested and uh, getting the results. Being a small operation, the, the challenge is uh, if a one a skilled employee who does a specific compounding gets a COVID and it's quarantined for 14 days, right. it's difficult to replace that person for that specific role quickly. Right. So our whole focus is to keep in our employee healthy and so we can continue to serve our patients. If Visioner Nation wants to reach out to you and learn about getting their medications compounded or the other services that you offer, how do they do that? You know, we still believe in old-fashioned phone call. Okay. And our phone number is 661-664-7979. Uh, what was that number? 661-664-7979. And they can also go on the web, uh, hinapharmacy.com, and also learn more about our services. Very good then. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and reach out to us and like, subscribe, notify, and leave a comment. We read the comments. We get a lot of information from you, Visioneer Nation, from the comments that you leave. And when we come back, we're going to find out the Hina in Hina's home care pharmacy. Imagine for a second the best version of yourself. This is really important because we cannot out-earn our identity. By increasing our identity, everything in our life gets better. Toastmasters helps us do this two ways. First, by giving us an environment that we can stretch ourselves and grow. And the second is by putting us with like-minded people that are doing the exact same thing.
Build a better you. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and build a better you. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and build a better you so that you can grow a strong and profitable business. Go to Toastmasters.org, click on the Find a Club button and build a better you. Hello, Visioneers, and welcome back to Small Business Celebration. Our guest today is Sanjay Patel, the owner of Hina's Home Care Pharmacy. And our Visioneer question of the segment comes from Stellaray, who asks, is it morally wrong to have a financially successful business? Wow. Uh, it is not morally wrong to have a financially successful business. Uh, the business is just the, a tool and that tool, if you do the right things, meaning uh, in the process of uh, establishing a successful business, if you take care of your employees, don't abuse them. If you take care of your customers honestly and provide them uh, value for their, their money, you take care of uh, uh, be humble and always say that whatever you are doing, anytime a decision process needs to be made, you uh, say, okay, someone, a God is watching me, what would I do? And make those kind of decisions. And at that point, if you become successful and acquire material wealth, then you also uh, give away that material wealth in a form of charity or people who may need. And so in that respect, uh, it is not morally corrupt or sin to have a successful business because the capital system works on a, a business which solves a specific need or specific problem. Mm. Without that, the whole engine of economy cannot run. Mm. You yourself have you and your wife have a very successful business here, but you learned this idea of giving back to the community from your grandfather. Yes, uh, my grandfather, uh, he was a third grade educated, and he, he had a small agricultural business in India, mm -hmm. and yet he always took care of his employees very well. He had a, a pile of wood uh, in our backside of the house in case somebody died in the, in the community, they do a cremation. And, and this is part of the Indian culture is cremation. So this is, this is something that's very important to the community as a whole, is it not? Yes, so most of these people are, are poor, they're in a rural area, they have no official funeral homes and so every, the whole community gets together to do the final ritual mm. for the deceased. And my grandfather always kept the pile of wood in case someone needed. And so by seeing him, how he interacted in, uh, in the society, he helped uh, build school, helped build a uh, uh, town well for water, and uh, extended family he helped. So that, he was a, like a, my mentor who lived the life which I wanted to kind of admire and live. And I have tried to live to, to my grandfather's uh, action. 
You immigrated to the United States from India, and yes. you moved to Chicago. Yes. And you ended up coming to Bakersfield. First of all, I can understand wanting to leave a Chicago winter. <laughs> I, I totally, completely understand. But why Bakersfield? It's interesting. At the time, I was working up in uh, Los Gatos, uh, Northern California, and I had called, I was working for Walgreens, and I had asked for a transfer on a prescription from a patient who was from Bakersfield. And after a conversation, I asked the pharmacist casually, hey, where is Bakersfield? And the pharmacist's response was, uh, hey, it's two hours from LA, two hours from the oceans, and two hours from the mountains. And the way she said it, it really kind of intrigued me. I said, that's a really nice place to be. <laughs> and uh, within a few months, uh, my wife and I, we packed up our bags and we came to Bakersfield in 1990. You continued to work for Walgreens, or excuse me, Thrifty at the time, yes. is what you worked for. And your lovely bride was the one who took the initial gamble on starting the business, correct? Yes. When she started the business, it was across the street from... Dr. Heiss and uh, Dr. Kubo. Okay, and the business started to do well. What made you leave working for Rite Aid and join your wife in her business? So that was our original plan that someday I would join my wife and we were not quite sure how well the business do or how quickly mm -hmm. and we at the time we had a two young girls and uh, we needed uh, insurance and kind of pay the bills and whatnot so I had to maintain my write a job mm -hmm. and work on the weekends and off hours to help her out right. to run the pharmacy. But uh, with the grace of God, uh, we became, uh, we broke even in the first six, seven months. Wow. And that uh, gave us the confidence and eventually I was able to reduce my hours slowly at Rite Aid and mm -hmm. a year later or so, I completely cut the cord and joined full-time my wife. Why? on earth would you leave a stable, safe, secure job with a large company like Rite Aid and go out into the unknown and the tumultuous waters of owning a business? It, the decision was very simple for us. Um, our older daughter, Hina, was born with a medical condition which required a special attention. And uh, we wanted to raise our family with, with us being a primary caregiver. Mm. And by leaving a stable job with Rite Aid and going unknown water, I would make it possible for my wife to live our own business at two o'clock, 2.30, pick up the kids on time from school, attend after school activities, have dinners together, and all those things were a lot more important for me, and uh, we took the plunge. It sounds like you went into the business for quality of life. That is correct. What was the original name of your business? The original name of the business was uh, Mercy Southwest Pharmacy. <laughs> and what was the name of the hospital across the street? 
uh, their name was also Mercy <laughs> Southwest Pharmacy. <laughs> and the very first day uh, our medication got uh, from wholesaler, we got their supply, they got our supply. And uh, they, the director of the hospital came and said, look, uh, we cannot have this confusion. You need to change your name. And what did the name of the pharmacy become? So at that point, uh, our six-year daughter, Hina, smiling, and she was there. And we just happened to say, let's just call Hina's Mercy Southwest Pharmacy. So we didn't have to change a lot of syllables at the end. We just added Hina's in the front. <laughs> All in a name. What's in a name, as it were? But one of the things that you mentioned is that owning a business that became successful gave you a lot of flexibility. And it gave you a lot of opportunity for a lot of other things. But Hina got sick. And without putting too fine a point on it, what did she get sick with? She was born with uh, a genetic disorder, sickle cell anemia, mm -hmm. and that's a complication with uh, blood cells, mm -hmm. and that creates a constant uh, episodes of pain uh, without any notice. Mm. So we, we, our life will change immediately whenever she got crisis and we were in a ready plan B mode all the time. Mm. And so the business allowed us to, to handle those emergencies rather quickly without uh, major interruptions in our, our lives. Hina was involved with Girl Scouts? She was, yeah. Ever since uh, from first grade, uh, she was part of a Girl Scout. And uh, she continued with Girl Scout until the very end. And uh, she was uh, awarded a Girl Scout uh, Gold Award, which is the highest award you can receive as a Girl Scout. And in order to earn that award, there was a project that she needed to do. What was that project? Well, she, uh, she understood the, the need of a patient with sickle cell, her being one of them. She decided to uh, establish a, a support group for sickle cell patients and uh, make it community awareness for sickle cell by having uh, organizing a farewell to sickle cell. And we had a huge success of uh, that program. Over 300 people showed up and Dr. Foster Campbell was uh, at his band out there. And so it's a lot of awareness for sickle cell. Until then, sickle cell was primarily ignored disease. She passed away, yes. and then you chose to create something. So she passed away in uh, 2010, and uh, my wife uh, at the time uh, decided uh, that uh, we're going to have to continue this Hina's legacy, what she started with, and we're going to form a full-blown uh, foundation, public foundation, and we're going to have um, a run walk on a regular basis, uh, fundraisers and gala nights and go to emergency rooms and talk to the doctors and hospital administrators to provide better care. With her uh, tireless effort over 10 years has uh, accumulated. Uh, we finally opened up uh, 
a comprehensive, a first in the state of California, comprehensive sickle cell clinic at Kern Medical Center with uh, Russell Judd and Dr. Kobos. Uh, and uh, we have also opened up uh, four clinics in India who are primarily on the same model on a comprehensive and serving uh, thousands of patients in a, in a poor tribal area of Gujarat. And her younger sister is also doing something significant in the area of sickle cell. What is she doing? She uh, dedicated her life uh, to be a physician and she's on her third year of uh, residency at Loma Linda and uh, she wants to, she chose a medicine pediatric combination so her hope is to get uh, young sickle cell patients and take care of them for a very long period of time. In the current system once the child becomes uh, 18 they fall into the adult sickle cell uh, program and right. adult sickle cell programs are not as coordinated as a children's program. Right. So her goal and ambition is to create a sort of comprehensive program for children's to all the way end for sickle cell patients uh, somewhere in California. And all of this is from the lesson you learned from your grandfather with a pile of wood. Yes. It, it's uh, always nice to give. It gives, makes you feel better as a giver. And uh, going back to our original question, earning money is not a, not a sin as long as you do it with ethics. And once you acquire the money, it is equally important that you share the wealth for people who are needy and can be helpful. And we'll be right back. Hello, Visioneers. This past 2020 has been a tumultuous year to say the least, but we want to take this moment and reflect back upon all the good things we saw, all the good things we did, and more importantly, all the good people we have met. And that is because of you, Visioneer Nation. So from all of us here at Small Business Celebration, we want to extend to you and your own a very happy, pleasant Christmas and New Year's holiday. And may you spend this holiday with the ones you care most about. And may you have a strong and profitable New Year. We're here with Sanjay Patel, the co-owner of Hina's Home Care Pharmacy. And we are in the compounding lab here at Hina's home care pharmacy and this is where all the magic potions are made <laughs> just so that you here in Visioneer Nation know that it really does exist and to begin with this segment Visioneer Anru asks is it wrong to have a Christmas tree in my store even though I'm not a Christian and don't celebrate Christmas I do not believe that uh, the holiday celebration is only meant for one faith or other. Mm. By faith, I'm a, I'm a practicing Hindu, mm -hmm. but every human being on this planet looks and wants to be happy, enjoy their life on the earth, mm -hmm. and uh, do the good things, which is not restricted to any one single faith. Mm. So as long as we are kind to others, helpful to others, celebrating with others, Right. Their holidays, their rituals, were one big family. There is an old um, 
Hindu Vedic phrase, it basically says uh, the whole humanity is one family. Mm -hmm. So we are one one family. We all have a, a soul, which soul is uh, constant in all of us, regardless what exterior features we have, exterior religion, organized uh, country we live in, but we all have a same creator. Mm. This also takes us to the, the notion that some business owners who don't practice Christmas feel hypocritical about putting up garlands and Santa Claus and a Christmas tree in their stores when they themselves don't practice or celebrate Christmas and they feel hypocritical. Is, is this normal? Is this wrong? You know, I'm not sure how everyone feels about it, mm -hmm. but the celebrating with your fellow human beings, it's a good thing. Mm. And you, you want to be, as a human being, you want to be part of your, your fellow being's uh, enjoyment and sorrow mm. at the same time. So that makes us human. Ah. We are not an island of ourselves right. and, and, or one tribe, and we are not going to be associating with other tribe or other person who thinks the definition of God is different than mine. Part of working with other people and part of those tribes of people are pleasures and pastimes. And one of those pleasures and pastimes is hiking for you. Yes. You have done a lot of hiking over the course of your time. First of all, where have you hiked to? Well, we have hiked uh, into Himalayas about three, four years ago. Uh-huh. My wife got this crazy idea that she wanted to go to Himalayas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, she wanted adventure. And uh, so this is uh, at about 18,500 feet elevation. Wow, that's 4,000 feet higher than Mount Whitney. Yes. And uh, we, uh, it took us uh, several days to, to acclimate it. And mm -hmm. we had to go in uh, stages to get acclimated. And then... We walked around uh, this mountain and also took a dip into uh, a Monsarovar, which is basically a glacier lake, which mm -hmm. is totally cold, the ice water just melting. Wow. And, uh, but it was, uh, was a great joy to see and be in the nature far away from here. Mm -hmm. And there were people, local tribesmen, uh, having their cattle feeding and grazing on the open grounds and their lifestyles. It's a very unique experience to be in uh, at that altitude. What have you taken away from all of your hiking experiences that, have, that you've brought back to your business? The biggest thing I, I got back from uh, traveling and hiking that you, as a person, it's just a tiny dot in this uh, universe. Mm. And you are so insignificant in, in the greater scheme of the universe. And you are here for such a short period of time, you'll be gone and 100 years from now, nobody will care about you or remember you for that matter. Right. So only thing 
somebody will remember or at what you have helped other people and made an improvement in their life, mm. that's the only thing will maybe pass on from them to their kids and on and on. So you should always be, be humble about your, your things. Part of your growing up, you've learned, you went to school, became a pharmacist, and you're constantly keeping up with all the medical journals. But being a pharmacist and being a business owner are not necessarily the same thing. True. What book or books have influenced you in your business ownership beyond what you learned in medical school? There are many books that uh, have influenced me over the years, but uh, one of the big ones came across me back in college uh, by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. Ah, classic. And uh, the other book uh, is uh, by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. It's called The Power of Now. The Power of Now. Tell, tell me about that one. The Power of Now in, in a small summary, basically means uh, that uh, the minute, the time I'm spending with you right now, mm -hmm. this is the most critical time I would have with this other human being at this second. Mm. And I should be completely focused into the current moment and enjoy the current moment with you, mm. rather than uh, thinking about the past or the future, which you have no control over it, past has already happened, mm -hmm. and the future you will not have control over it. So not to worry about either of those things and totally live in the current moment. Be present. Be present, be mindful. The Hina Patel Foundation mm -hmm. has allowed you to go back to India yes. to do a lot of good things. You've done a lot of hiking, you've had a lot of other experiences like that. And we hear a lot of the great things that doctors go and do in third world countries, whether it be India or Guatemala. But for people who are in the throes of building their business and developing their businesses, why is this idea of being able to take what you do, in your case, being a pharmacist, and go to countries like India and go to countries like Guatemala and do good, how does this affect you as a person and how does this affect your business? It, it as a person, it makes you more, more patient, makes you more giving. So give an example of it. Um, Monday morning, two of your employees call in sick. Many years ago when I started my business, I would be really upset and traumatized. Mm. Now, it allows me to say, okay, they have, must have a, other reasons, they must be caring for somebody, and not really focus on their reason why they're not here, but allow me to just uh, deal with the situation. Mm. Where, when you go overseas and you see people come in in a, in a clinic, they have walked five miles, waited in line, from 4 a.m. so they can see the doctor that day and you look at their pain and suffering mm. and you compare your pain and suffering that this employee didn't show up on Monday 
It's almost it, it, insignificant. It's insignificant. And, and that tell, the universe kind of tells you that you may think you are a hot shot, but you are, you are nothing. So don't worry about the things which you have no, no control over, which you never have control over or people or situation. Mm. So try not to worry about things you have no control over. The only one you can control is yourself. Even that is sometimes difficult. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> what gets you up every morning and open your business? You know what, my wife uh, asks me this all the time. <laughs> How long are you going to do this thing? <laughs> and uh, the only thing uh, drives me along is that there's two, two major factors. One is uh, we have 22 employees and they have 22 families. If I uh, don't show up, if I close down, they, they'll, they'll survive. They might have temporary impact in their life, but they'll survive somehow. Then uh, also over the last 25 years, I have my patients have become a sort of extended friend circle. Mm. So by coming to the pharmacy, I, I meet them, now I have known them, I have known their spouses, their kids, their weddings, divorces, all those. And uh, me coming to the pharmacy allows me to be, to sharing my story, my family journey. They're sharing their family stories where they are. And we all growing older at the same time. And that's what makes me to come to work every day. If Visionary Nation wanted to reach out and get in touch with you, how do they do that? We still use our phones and uh, the best number to reach me is 661-664-7979. And what's your website? The website is hinarx.com. That's H-I-N-A-R-X.com. Sounds good. Well, Sanjay, this has been a true pleasure. Thank you very much for being on Small Business Celebration and it's been a real treat. Thank you, Michael. Imagine for a second the best version of yourself. This is really important because we cannot out-earn our identity. By increasing our identity, everything in our life gets better. Toastmasters helps us do this two ways. First, by giving us an environment that we can stretch ourselves and grow. And the second is by putting us with like-minded people that are doing the exact same thing. Build a better you. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and build a better you. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and build a better you so that you can grow a strong and profitable business. Go to Toastmasters.org, click on the Find a Club button and build a better you. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. 
Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.